Welcome back to the United Pubcast. Manchester United 2, Brighton 1. International football is over and Tom Simpson is back with me to go through it all. But Tom, the biggest news out of this morning's match, Eric Bay has COVID-19. Well, that sums up the international break, doesn't it? I think we look back and think, what are the point of these international friendlies or international qualifiers, or whatever they were, You're thinking someone's going to get injured, but especially in the middle of a global pandemic, someone's going to get COVID. And it's just, look, it's sad. Hopefully Eric Bay is okay and recovers quickly. But it's not a shock. Someone was going to get it. Yep, um, not surprised and really disappointing. But in saying that, <laughs> I, I bring up Eric B and I thought it was a good point to start the podcast on because I thought despite the victory, Manchester United's defenders did not cover themselves in glory this morning. But nonetheless, like we said, Manchester United do win today's match 2-1, but they did it the hard way. United going behind once again. But what they have shown this season, the Reds, is when they do go behind, they're not afraid to mount a comeback. Um, let's go straight into the eleven. And while there are no surprises, what has been highly debated is the goalkeeper, is the goalkeeping position. Um, we've seen Dan Henderson start today, and that comes on the back of the reports of De Gea expected to leave the club. Um, the Mirror broke that exclusive. Now, while the Mirror might not be reliable, I think Dean Henderson getting a start does definitely speak volumes, and it won't do anything to quiet down these rumours. What were your thoughts on the selection, and what did you make of the Englishman's performance today? Look, his performance was fine. I think there was one or two little errors where you think if we don't win the game, and that's David De Gea, um, we're having a different discussion about the goalkeeper, but I think his selection ties into the the report during the week that De Gea is off, and yeah, I think it's got to the point now Dean Henderson's going to be our goalkeeper next year if the club can unload, uh, sorry, offload David De Gea. And um, look, I disagree with it. I think David De Gea should be our goalkeeper. However, which I've said all along on this podcast, while I disagree with the decision to make Dean Henderson our number one next season, I fully applaud Solskjaer and the club for making the bold decision because you can't have those two goalkeepers fighting it out at United. You need to make a decision because if Dean Henderson takes the number one shirt, you can't have David De Gea on 350 grand sitting on the bench. So while I agree David De Gea is the better goalkeeper, if that's the decision Solskjaer wants to make and you have to back Solskjaer, it's his team, if that's the decision he wants to make, you fully have to back it and it's a big decision. It's... Look, we'll look back at David De Gea's career when he leaves. There's some people might even have him as a club legend. He's definitely a club great. So to make that decision on David De Gea to just get rid of him while he's still age-wise in his prime, um, it's a huge decision and it's ruthless from Solskjaer. So, um, look, I disagree with it. However, it very well could prove to be the right decision because it's absolutely nothing against Dean Henderson. My only question with Dean Henderson is I'm thinking... Let's say we had David De Gea at the club and we'll look into improving his goalkeeping area, we can improve. If Dean Henderson is playing at, let's, I don't know, Everton or he's at Atletico Madrid or Juventus, are we looking at Dean Henderson and saying, okay, we'll buy that keeper for 100 million, he's going to improve us? Of course not. So I just look at, it's a big risk. I don't see the final the final product there with Dean Henderson. But um, it's an interesting one. Look, look, I love Dean Henderson. I hope he does well. But um, it's a big risk for me. I have to agree with you, Tom. Um, and I know I've come on here before. We've discussed this at length, at nauseam even. And I've stood by, I actually think Henderson might be better. Just because I don't think he's as good as a shot stopper as De Gea. I don't even think that's really up for debate. But what I do think Henderson does have over De Gea which is strange because I think the Spaniard at the beginning of his, of his career, was this was definitely a strength, his distribution um, and 
the thought process to attack when he receives the ball. Just small glimpses today. I recall when Henderson did catch, I think it was a cross or a shot. Within three seconds, he's released the ball to Fred to start a counter-attack. I don't know what it is with De Gea, but he doesn't seem to have that awareness to his game anymore. Um, awareness might not even be the word. It's just something that doesn't seem to enter his thought process. I think he might be a victim of United's lack of success to Haya, where maybe there's been a greater emphasis in his shot stopping because he's felt he's needed to really focus on that area of his game, given that he, it was constant onslaughts for a number of seasons there, which caused him to get player of the season on multiple occasions. And I think maybe in a more successful team or a team that was more progressive with the ball, maybe De Gea then would have been able to enhance those other areas of his game. But given his age, given his profile at this point of his career, it might just be a case of right time, right place for Henderson. Yeah, I think so. When you say in regards to the style Henderson brings it, I completely agree in regards to so maybe the starting position he takes up, which will affect our defensive line his distribution, or his definitely his decision-making with his distribution. I look at that and fully agree. However, I think we maybe overcomplicate it sometimes with a goalkeeper because if we say that's a midfielder or a right-winger or a left-back, different left-backs have different traits. Luke Shaw and Alex Tellers have different traits, different tendencies they do. It doesn't mean one's better or the other. It just means they play the game a different way. There's pros and cons to it. With David De Gea and Dean Henderson, they play the game a different way. There's pros and cons to it. And... Um, Look, I'm sure we'll be having another De Gea and Henderson debate in a couple of weeks when the Mirror sort of flip their story and say Dean Henderson's going back to Sheffield United sort of thing and David De Gea is going to get a new contract. Who knows what will happen? But yeah, if you're a betting man, I think the smart money now is on David De Gea leaving. And look, we'll definitely probably discuss the Europa League now, but I'll throw back to you. Do you think now, because last time we won the Europa League, David De Gea wasn't the goalkeeper. Sergio Romero was our goalkeeper who, won, who lifted the cup. So I'm thinking now... Could United, let's say, let's pray all things go to plan, David De Gea is our Europa League goalkeeper now and, fingers crossed, leaves, leaves the club lifting the trophy? I think it's a battle now. I think Henderson, I don't think he's won the battle, but I, I believe there's a mentality or at least a stance to say he's our number one and it's up to De Gea now to fight and win that spot back. Um, I, I do expect De Gea to start this Friday or Friday for us against Malaga, and I think if he has a big performance against a Spanish side, uh, I think that's an opportunity to make a statement. But it could also be an opportunity to put him in the transfer window for potential buyers. Um, I don't think it's a done deal just in terms of the rest of this season, but I think I agree with you. I think um, I think the Spaniard will, unfortunately, leave United, but hopefully, like you say, we can send him out with a trophy. Well, he might, um, even, he might even start against Granada as well as Malaga. Ah, oh, Granada. Mate, it's an early morning start. <laughs> Please, have mercy on me. All right, let's go into the actual match, Tom. Um, United, I thought, actually played really well today. I'm actually going to start saying to you, turn off the commentary when you watch a football match because commentators can make you think there's a different narrative to, in fact, what's going on. I'm watching the coverage today. Marcus Rashford scores his goal, and then the commentators say, oh, United much more on the front foot in the second half. United were brilliant in the first half. They just didn't score a goal. There was no difference for me between the first and second half besides United putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, let's talk about the actual goal. Firstly, do you agree with my comments? Secondly, what did you make of United's overall performance? Take me through the goals. Um, Mason particularly scores with his head. I think that that's, that's fantastic. And I don't think he's... Has he scored with a header before? Yeah, no, he, so did, I he think... just put a tweet out saying it was his first headed goal for United. 
And I, yeah. just to your point there, look, I wouldn't, no, I, I wouldn't say United were brilliant, especially in the first half. I don't think we were. However, I don't think we were as poor as social media is making out because I, until Brighton scored, maybe that first 15, 20 minutes, I thought United were very good, definitely in control, sort of playing a high-pressing game. Maguire and Lindelof were camped in the Brighton half. And I just sort of got to the stage where United weren't, as you say, they weren't capitalising, they weren't creating the chances. And I think got to the stage where Brighton just grew into the game and Brighton started playing well. And we go to the back of this point, we've mentioned it with Leicester City before, the Basuma player for Brighton in the midfield. He's rumoured to, rumored to go to United for 50 or 60 million pound if he wanted to. And I just think, well, there's a player we want at United and we can't criticise our midfield for not being as good as him because he's a quality player. And I thought they got into the game and played well. And I don't think that was any anything to negative against United I just thought we just couldn't get into the game once Brighton gained confidence because you remember that first game of the season or sorry second game of the season against Brighton Brighton batted us they're a good footballing team yeah I'm with you definitely with you um, your mate Fred the Brazilian um, we've discussed that at length as well but I thought he played really well today yeah look discussion with Fred with a few people online after the game and look no secret I'm not his biggest fan and I would prefer the way the game panned out, I didn't like what Fred was bringing to the game. I thought, well, we could do it a different type of player there. Maybe Nemanja Matic would have been better in there today. However, for what Fred did and for what he brought to the game, I thought Fred was quite good. So, yes, I would have preferred a different style of player, which would have sort of impacted the game differently. But at the end of the day, we have to accept Fred was in there and Fred played well. So, um, yeah, credit to him. Without going into a whole discussion around transfers if you look at today's game and you replaced Fred would you want a deep lying playmaker in that role or would you want more of a destroyer like a Kante or a Casemiro no I think it has to be a playmaker because look it's easy to look at the best teams in the world and they all have the playmaker in terms of you just have to look in the league the way Fernandinho and especially Rodri I think Rodri's done very well this year and I'm not saying okay we have to go and copy the best teams but it is a pretty good recipe to follow and um, I just think the way we started, so let's say we played against Brighton quite well today, I thought, but there was just, we weren't creating it. And the creation starts from that player in that number six position. That's where your attack starts from. And I think the way our attacks are starting through players like Fred isn't quite good enough. And that's why we're not creating the chances. So if you get a player who is good enough in that position, suddenly I think we'll start creating a little bit more. All right, so Tom, the transfer guru, will be calling Darren Fletcher later on, letting the technical director know we need a deep-lying playmaker. And I think Tom will actually put his hand up himself, but we'll see if that eventuates. Um, Let's look at the defence a little bit. Tom, United's first goal, are you too critical with the defence there? We seem to get that gap between Lindelof and Wambasaka. I don't know if you've noticed, but that seems to be where teams are getting at United. Look at it this way. Look, we can debate that, but look at it this way. Luke Shaw puts that cross in. We're saying, what a fantastic ball. Right in between the defender, right in between the centre back and the full back. Trent Alexander Arnold yesterday put a uh, cross in for Liverpool against Arsenal. I've seen it about a thousand times on Twitter, retweeted where everyone's saying it's the best cross from a right back in the world. This was a good cross, it was a good header by Danny Welbeck. I think if that's Luke Shaw throwing that cross in, or if let's say. A miracle happens, and that's one Basaka putting that cross in from the right. We're saying what a brilliant delivery. But yeah, so we can look at it from the defensive point of view and sort of look in our own backyard and see if we could do better. Yeah, maybe. But I thought it was a good cross, good header. Dean Henderson couldn't do anything about it. 
Um, Wan-Bissaka is so often criticised for being too close in that area and the ball's going over Wan-Bissaka's head to the left winger. Well, Wan-Bissaka was tucked in this time. <laughs> Danny Warbeck got, got to it ahead of him. So, for me, look, maybe if I watch it back, I could find a little bit of fault here or there. But overall, I think good cross, good goal. No kicking shins this morning from Tom Simpson. Very reserved. I like it, Tom. Good, positive. Keeping that Easter spirit. Very well accommodating there. Um, Tom, also, I want to ask you, um, in terms of the defence with Henderson, I, I just want to go back a little bit on that. Do you think overall United look more settled when Henderson is in goal? I'm just thinking about it now when we have the discussion. You have to say, when De is there, I, I do feel the defence seems a bit more shaky. Despite the goal being conceded, we do seem to be more settled with the Englishman. Do you think that's a communication thing? Maybe perhaps with English being the first language, easier to communicate with the likes of Maguire, Shaw? Well, look, possibly, but you go back to the one where he fumbled. If he fumbled that and it sort of bubbles into the goal, are we saying we look more stable with the Henderson over De Gea? You know what the difference is? I actually think United would concede with De Gea in goal there because he'd stay on his line. Henderson comes off his line to collect it, but he fumbles it. So, I mean, yeah, I guess it's the lesser of the two evils, but a debate for another day. On a positive, every goal scorer today was a Manchester United yeah. local junior. Yeah, I saw that. Well, it was the other couple of podcasts ago, we were talking about Van Persie when he came into United, and I was saying Danny Welbeck should have been given the chance over Van Persie. So, obviously, I always have a um, soft spot for Danny Welbeck, and... Um, I thought he did well. Good goal, but um, yeah, more importantly, the current Academy products um, stepped up when they were needed. Indeed. All right, Tom, three, two, ones. Who was your man of the match today? Because if it's who I'm thinking of, we haven't even mentioned his name yet. Oh, well, we have, but not in a great, oh, great length. Well, I thought his performance has continued on from every single week. The last couple of weeks, his performance has just steadily improved, gone from a 7 out of 10 to an 8 out of 10. And today, with his winner, I think he goes to a 9 out of 10. I thought it was Mason Greenwood. I thought, very good yet Spot again. Spot on. Yeah, 100% agree. He was brilliant. He loves hitting the. He loves hitting that near post, doesn't he, when he shoots? Well, I think that's a... Because he's not, I wouldn't say you're taught to hit the other way, but it's a natural finish to go the other way. And that's what catches so many goalkeepers out, is Greenwood is so... The near post. I wouldn't say unorthodox, but he, he really thinks about his finishes. He knows, okay, if I'm, I've got the ball here... Okay, the textbook says I'll curl this into the far post. And he just has a way of just almost giving the goalkeeper the eyes and catching them off guard. I remember his first four or five goals for United were all at the exact same finish. We're just shaping up to the far post and rolling the ball into the near post. And obviously that's not where his goal came from today. But you can see that's how he lines his, his shooting up. But um, mm-hmm. I just say his first header for the club. And um, I don't think, not only his first header, look, he has a long way to go in terms of his striking instincts, but... It is a good goal because that's what Cavani was on the pitch for. Cavani couldn't produce that through no fault of his own, I don't think. I don't think the chances fell to Cavani. But ultimately, Greenwood found his way in there and made the most of the chance. And it's an all-important goal. It's a huge goal. We criticise Solskjaer for his tactics. Can we give him some praise here? Because when Greenwood scores that goal, he's moved into a central position. Dan James has come on at this point. So... I think that credit where it's due to the manager because Greenwood was deployed centrally and it bed fruits today. Yeah, I, I thought Solskjaer got it right today because I thought from the approach from the start of the game was good. As I said, I thought we were playing well. It just wasn't quite happening. Then Brighton started to play well, credit to them. And then we obviously find yourself 1-0 down, so things need to change. And I don't think Solskjaer panicked. Like, I'm not expecting him to throw three subs on at half time, but he didn't panic. 
but he did change it when needed, and ultimately it was proved the correct decision. Mm. Two points. Hard one, I think. Look, I think Fred's within a shout. I thought Fred played well. I thought, look, Marcus Rashford, I thought was quite poor. I thought, however, a very important goal, just as important as Mason Greenwood. So you can't knock that. Um, the amount of defending we had to do, I thought, look, Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire again, both very solid. So um, I'd maybe throw it back to you for two points. Maybe Fred would be the top of my list, but what are you thinking? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I thought. Can I say though? I thought Shaw was really good, particularly on the ball today. Tight areas. He's keeping possession. He's getting forward. His his cross to Pogba is in the lead up to Mason's winner. Would well, you so, see, um, see his goal? I think you just uh, sorry his goal, his ball. I think you were just looking at the highlights there. I forget if it was Bruno or Shaw. I'm sure it was Luke Shaw. Plays a fantastic ball outside of the left foot into Bruno Fernandez, who then turns on the ball and crosses the ball to Paul Pogba. But um, Luke Shaw just, certainly was Shaw who crossed. Well, he's playing with just such confidence. It's well, you just go back to the mm. touches in tight areas. He's always had that, but he's never wanted to do it because oh, I'm going to lose the ball here. Jose Mourinho is going to come and blast me in the press conference, which we've seen Mourinho just deal with the Tottenham players after their draw. But um, he's playing with such confidence now. When he gets the ball in that tight area, he can take a touch. He can roll the ball, turn around and dribble out. And um, yeah, Luke Shaw, again, is providing such an outlet that teams are having to step back and think twice. Think, OK, Luke Shaw's going to make a run. What are we going to do here? Because he is a dangerous player this season. And it's creating another sort of dangerous avenue for the attack. So we spent all this time praising Luke Shaw and saying that. I'm going to say two points for Fred, one point for Shaw. Any debate there? Yeah, no, hard to argue. Look, I think, again, Rashford's goal is so important. And I don't want to take anything away from Rashford, but I thought his performance, again, was quite um, below par. But, um, yeah, maybe not anything for a point, but noteworthy of the importance of the goal. Yeah, agreed there. All right, Tom, um, I'll take it to you for the comments. Yeah, so on Twitter, Ahmad goes three for Greenwood, two for Fred, and one for Luke Shaw. Um, sumo football goes Greenwood for three points, Bruno for two, and Harry Maguire for one. And on Facebook, Rav goes Greenwood three, Maguire for two, Fred one point. Rob goes Maguire three points, Greenwood for two, and Rashford for one. And Adam from the Supporters Club says Greenwood for three, Luke Shaw, and Harry Maguire for one point. So Harry Maguire getting some love there, but um, I think it's pretty unanimous that Mason Greenwood was a standout for everyone. Absolutely. All right, Tom, let's talk about the Europa League. Back to it. European Knights at Old Trafford. Well, no, this one's away from home, isn't it? But nonetheless, European football for Manchester United, not in the league we want to be in, but it's an important trophy for Solskjaer. Um, Granada, like you say, they're sitting eighth or ninth in the table, so they're not doing too well. Um, what do you make of this game? Do you think he has to go with a strong lineup? I feel like we, we sound like broken records talking about this with every, every single Europa League match, but it is important he gets a trophy, Solskjaer. Well, I think just before I give my point, I'll go back to you then in regards to where we sit, sit in the league in terms of view towards the Europa League. Have we secured top four, do you think, now? We're 11 points clear of fifth place, Tottenham. I think so. It'll take a lot for United to... Look, it, mathematically, it's not done, but... You'd say it's just yeah, look, about look, look, I've got to the stage now. I think our next game is against Tottenham. And I, I think now we're pretty much there. Like, it'll take a disaster, which, look, let's, fingers crossed, doesn't happen. But it'll take a disaster not to qualify for the top four. But I think if we get a result against Tottenham, hopefully a win, but it's away at Tottenham. If we get a result, 
I think that guarantee won't mathematically, but I think that's where I'll say, okay, we've qualified for the top four. So I look at the Granada game now, and we always have a debate, okay, should we rotate who we got next? I think given our situation in the league, which credit to the team and credit to Solskjaer for getting us into this situation, I think it allows us to go full strength now. Yeah, I'm looking at United's run in home. Um, so let's let's look at this. So we've got Tottenham. Yeah, Tottenham next week. Got Burnley at home. Then it goes Leeds away. Liverpool at home. Aston Villa away. Leicester, Fulham. And then we finish with a tricky game away to Wolves. It's not the easiest run in in the world. So Look, look I, 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 I agree. And look, I, I share the sort of, not pessimism, but the nervousness around it. But we're 11 points clear of fifth. Like Tottenham are going to drop points. Liverpool are going to drop points. Chelsea, West Ham, they're going to drop points as well. We will drop points. Face it, we're going to drop points as well. But we're going to pick up points. And I just think the gap now... And we go back to the start of the season. We say, what, what do we want to achieve this season? What's a successful season? And for me, it was... I remember saying last year, going into that last game of the season against Leicester, saying we had to win that last game. We had to get a result in the last game of the season where this time we wanted four or five games to go in the season to say, okay, that's secured, we don't need to worry about it. And I think we're on track to do it. So while we just go back to the Europa League, overall, look, a successful season will be judged on trophies. I fully agree with that and fully understand that. However, what our goal was at the start of the season, I think Solskjaer is very much on track to achieving it very soon. He is, but I, I can imagine the level of criticism that comes to Solskjaer if he doesn't finish second. I think we need to finish second now. I don't think top four is enough. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. All right, well, with that, back to the Europa League. Um, what do you expect him to do? do, do like you mentioned, there's a big game against Tottenham next week. Well, whether it's a big game or not, it's definitely bigger for Jose. But what, what do you do here? Do you rotate? We saw Van der Beek get a bit of a cameo. Do you think he might actually start this game? Yeah, look, look, I've just said go full strength. However, that, I then look back and you, you do look at the squad and the need and the upcoming fixtures. You probably it's, it's probably smart to rotate. Then the first one is David De Gea comes in. I think he will be the Europa League goalkeeper now. Um, yeah. Maybe even with an eye to be playing in Spain. I know people have TVs and they can watch a game wherever they are in the world. But play David De Gea in Spain, Man United are in town because I'm sure one if he is to leave, it's a very good chance it will go back to Spain. So put him in the shop window a little bit there. And um, other than that, maybe Tellez comes in, maybe gives Shaw a rest. I think Tellez is needed. I forgot he played for United. When was the last time he played a game of football? Yeah, so but other than that, I think, look, unfortunately we haven't mentioned it, Martial looks like he's going to be out for the season. His wife posted on Instagram him walking around in a knee brace. He doesn't look mobile at all. So um, I think Cabani might play again. Um, but Mason Greenwood... Is Martial gone for the season? Yeah, it very much looks like it. Um, I don't know what they said in regards to surgery. Might not need surgery. And um, Solskjaer's maybe optimistic that he'll play again this season. But um, if you saw him on his Instagram story or his wife's Instagram story, he um, doesn't look like he'll be training anytime soon. So um, up front's an interesting yeah. I think Cavani probably gets the nod again, but Mason Greenwood did well. So... Um, I think it's one of those ones we played Sociedad earlier in the Europa League and it was so good winning 4-0 and killing the tie off now the sort of lasting effect or the lasting impression of that was unfortunately went so strong in the second leg when the tie was already over but again I'd like to approach that first leg and kill the tie off now going away to Spain it's not very I'm, I assume the game's in Spain I'm not sure what the COVID restrictions are if it's a neutral venue or not I assume it's at Granada it's never going to be easy going to Spain we don't have a great record there 
but it would be nice to go and get there two three nil and then enable sort of Solskjaer to maybe rotate in regards to that second leg before the Leeds and Liverpool matches. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. And I think I agree with you. I think Cavani's probably the, the only shout there is. But you know what? I would not be opposed to giving Greenwood some game time there. I know he still needs to feel out. And like you've mentioned earlier, his instinctive, his instinctive you know, ability needs to improve. But he's only going to get that by being played through the middle. So I think this might actually be a game against a Spanish side who, you know, Spanish football not as physical. I think it might actually be a good opportunity to play Mason Central and maybe throw a Dan James on the right-hand side. Yeah, well, with Dan James is an interesting one because I thought he was going to play against Brighton. He didn't beat Elsie came on. Not that he had a real impact on the game, but his substitution in regards to the way that maybe the team shape changed it was crucial. So um, I think he might come back in because I assume Granada, and this is an assumption, I have no idea, I assume they will probably try and quite expensive and they will try and go for it and have almost got nothing to lose. So there might be a little bit of space, um, which would suit someone like Dan James. And obviously Marcus Rashford's come off, so what to do with Marcus Rashford? Um, maybe it could be James off the left, Greenwood on the right and Cavani up front maybe. But I think you just go back to the play you mentioned at the start. How do you fit him in if we're going full strength? I don't know how you drop a Pogba or a Bruno, but it would be nice to see Donny van der Beek um, get a run. I'd be happy to rest Bruno for this one. I think Vanderbeek's a quality footballer, but he's just not. He needs to be given a run of games, particularly a midfielder. You know what I mean? Like Tom, you've played midfield at a decent enough level. You need to get a tempo for the game. You need to get a feel for the game. How is he meant to do that when he gets these little cameos and a and a start every ten matches? Well, Paul Scholes has been saying it. Paul Scholes has been at a few interviews and said exactly the same thing. He said you can't criticize Donny, and he's a little bit. I don't think he was critical of Solskjaer for the mismanagement of Donny van der Beek. He was just highlighting, well, he hasn't been playing. Whether you blame Solskjaer or not, that's a decision. He just hasn't been playing, so you can't blame Donny van der Beek for when he comes in and doesn't set the world on fire. Like, you just can't do it. And um, Yeah, look, look it's hard because I've just said go full strength and kill the tie off. You play Pogba and Bruno if you want to do that. But then I'm saying, well, you need to play Donny van der Beek. So who knows, maybe Donny van der Beek. He kind of didn't, didn't play on the right when he came on, but he maybe... If Solskjaer was putting the formation out on a bit of paper when Donny van der Beek came on, maybe it was in a wide area, but he obviously sort of drifted, sort of the way sort of one matter drifts from that right-hand side inside. And he can do that. He's, he's very much a one matter mould. So I, I'm not against that. Um, speaking of the Spaniard, Tom, not, not from super reliable sources, but some word one matter has been offered a one-year extension at Manchester United. Your thoughts? Do you support that? Look, it'd be no surprise that I support it, and I, f- f- look, I fully understand the criticism and negativity that will surround that, and parts of it I would agree. I would agree. Okay, moving forward, do you need one matter in regards to the situation in the squad? Um, no, he's on big wages, coming towards the end of his career. I can understand the argument for letting him go, especially if he's given he's out of contract. But I, I look back and I look at tough points throughout the season and times we've struggled. And it always comes back to say, if we had a player like Wayne Matter, we would do better. And I just think it's obviously been a tricky season for him um, with the passing of his mother recently. And that's obviously a struggle he's been going on for a few months. So um, we don't have a great sample size of Wayne Matter this season. But I look at the start of the season, he won our player of the month in the first season. So when he has played, Absolutely. he has done quite well. And um, look, there's no secret I would like him to stay. And I'll just write to you in regards to 
so much debate this season, especially around team selection, has gone around sentiment, especially De Gea and Henderson has been, okay, Solskjaer's thrown in Dean Henderson for the Sheffield United game because it's a good sentiment and everything. Now we've got to look at maybe David De Gea looking at the Europa League, send him off with a trophy, blah, blah, blah. I'm just thinking, do you think there is something in one matter, the club trying to do the right thing by him? He's been such a good servant. He's now found a tricky couple of months. Who knows what the future holds for one matter? Whether he accepts his contract or not, United, you can say maybe it's not ruthless enough, but doing the right thing by offering him security of another year to decide what he wants to do. Because at the moment, if he's gone through this whirlwind of a time in his life and suddenly just, okay, you don't have a club now, go all the best, go find something. I, I don't know how that plays out for him. It might work out for him, it might not. But United just giving him that security... I'd say, if you want to be here, here's a contract. And a lot of people, look, which I agree with, a lot of people won't agree with, and I understand their thinking behind it. But um, I think this sort of the, the service he has given United, um, I think it's well worth the club sort of pursuing. I agree with it, Tom. Take the football out of account for a second. It's a young dressing room. Harry Maguire is the captain. He hasn't won a trophy at senior level football. You need winners in that dressing room, and you need... Senior, senior players who can guide younger players when they come in. If we sign a young Spaniard or, or a young player who's, who speaks Spanish, Juan Mata is an excellent role model for that player. He'll help them settle in, he'll show them the ways of Manchester United, and he's a winner. Juan Mata is that sort of player who will stay up all night thinking about what he could have done better when he plays a football match. So having a player like that in the dressing room doesn't hurt. Even if he plays five games next season, you need those leaders. Lee Grant, 38 years of age, hasn't does he play a game for United this season? But it's just about having those seasoned professionals in there who will hold those younger players accountable and ensure that standards are met. So, well, especially very likely, a, maybe even, look, who knows what the future will hold, but with Paul Pogba likely leaving, there's two World mm-hmm. Cup winners. You, any squad, I'm saying, keep them because they're World Cup winners. But if you lose two World Cup winners from your team, it's a blow. It's a bit of a hole. Okay, it's not going to be be-all and end-all, but you'd rather keep those type of players. Absolutely, yeah. One, like, I'm just picturing yourself, you know, if you're one of those people who says, don't leave one at the club, look at it from another perspective. Picture yourself as a young 18-year-old Spanish player who's come to Manchester United, and you're, learn- you're thinking about, how can I become a better central midfielder? There are not many better players I can think of who could give me advice than one matter. He occupies space like a genius. So you have to, you know, it's not just about what's what's happening in the 90 minutes between the two goalposts. There's weeks and training sessions and strategic thinking and mentality preparation for the football match that goes into those 90 minutes. And I think one matter is an excellent player for that. Look, I completely agree, but so many people and so many loud voices on social media in the use of the United fan base don't agree with that and they say no it's about Saturday it's about the 90 minutes on the pitch we don't need cheerleaders we don't need people giving people hugs in the change room and I just think if you have that point of view I don't think you've played football at that, I'm not saying that level but played football and understood the things that go on behind the scenes in regards to relationships sort of in the change room and sort of the camaraderie and, and the hours that are put on in the training ground how important they are just individual little things and look I fully accept and understand someone's sort of if they want one matter to move on I, I understand it and accept it however I just look at so many times we have struggled this season thinking jeez if we had a one matter playing in there today that would have sort of helped us hey man no debate with me would be arguing to a wall Tom because you know 
I agree with you 100%. And I think that's a good way to leave the podcast. Um, look, again, thank you for tuning in, everyone. Um, it's always great to talk on a public holiday when you're not working and Manchester United turn up and win. And we got to say, United have won a match where it's one of those games where we said we have to win. United have managed to get that over the line today. So well, They said just also, before you do, they said 25 points we've got from losing positions this season. Nine more than anyone else in the league. Mental. That That's honestly ridiculous. And you know what? The, the sweet spot in that, Solskjaer won the treble in a game where United had a comeback and he's just put that mentality into the squad. Yeah, no, well, he really I, has. I think that's the, well, it's one thing to look at and say, okay, that's good. It's good to get 25 points. Yeah. But I think you look back at, at why and it does stem from a mentality shift, I think. That's it. So, again, another reason to keep one Mata at the club. It doesn't relate to him in any way, but I'm just I'm beating that drum for you. But, again, if you're holding your phone, make sure you do leave us a positive review. Um, it just means more people can interact with us. Tom, until then, I'll chat to you Friday, mate, hopefully discussing a Europa League win. No, pleasure. All right, cheers. Cheers.